Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show, and what a show we have planned for you today. I am thrilled to have our guest, Amberly Lago, on the show today. She is, you probably already are following her, definitely know who she is. She was just on the Ed Milet Show. She is out there sharing her story on all the biggest stages, best-selling author of True Grit and Grace. She has the most incredible personal story of overcoming just unthinkable tragedy. And we're going to get into all of that today. Um, but Amberly has a professional background in dance and is a leading expert in transformation uh, and helping people to change their lives. She's a top motivational speaker and you guys are going to love, love this episode. And don't forget, if this episode moves you, if you're uh, moved by her story, which I know you absolutely will, and be inspired and motivated by her, um, please give back to both of us. Uh, I always post about the show on my Instagram. You can let us know your thoughts there. We love to hear them. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcast. That is super appreciated as well. Man, I gotta tell you, I've been looking forward to this conversation Ever since I got the introduction by our mutual, we have a couple of mutual amazing friends, um, but I'm, I'm telling you, just looking at your story, I'm so inspired by it, and I cannot wait to jump into this conversation. Amberly Logo, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here and honored to be here, and I just appreciate you so much. Thank you. Uh Oh my gosh, this is so incredible. And shout out to uh, Rudy, our, our mutual friend, Rudy, who's oh. on my show a couple of weeks ago. And um, we connected immediately and I had his beautiful wife on the show and, and same. And as soon as we got off that recording, he was like, you have to meet my friend. Really? And I was like, oh. absolutely. I would love to. Uh, so I'm just really excited to dig into this. I mean, my, all my listeners kind of know my backstory. It was all started with, you know, like a, a big rock bottom moment. And I've always been very fascinated by people's backstory. We get into that kind of uh, to start off every episode on the show here, but yours is really, really incredible. I mean, it just kind of lays waste to, uh, to a lot of, you know, of the obstacles people kind of think they can't overcome. I think you're just a living example of you really can. So can you take us back just, just briefly and tell us a little bit about, you know, when your world kind of came crashing down and what that looked like, uh, and what you've been through to get here. Oh yeah. Well, thank you. And I'm so grateful that we got introduced. Um, yeah, you know, who would have thought I, I never would have imagined I would be sitting like, at a computer doing a zoom because six years ago, I didn't even own a computer. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't own a computer. I wrote my entire book. 90% of my book I hand wrote on a notepad like this. Like wow. I, I'm big on these notepads <laughs> and, um, I, my whole world changed, you know, I was in the fitness industry for 26 years wow. and 
love loved it. I mean, I was sponsored by Nike. I employed several other trainers. I regularly contributed to Health and Shape magazine for articles. I was doing infomercials and fitness videos. And in the blink of an eye, everything changed. I was coming home from work on my motorcycle, cruising along down Ventura Boulevard. And this SUV, I was in, in L.A., this SUV shot out of a parking lot and T-boned me. So they like I, when I saw it coming, I tried to jump off my bike and there was nothing I could really do beside let off the clutch and try to jump. And it was too late. I was T-boned, thrown 30 feet, sliding across the asphalt. And when I finally came to a stop, I looked down at my leg and it's crazy to look down at yourself and see yourself completely disfigured. I mean, I was my leg was completely crumbled into pieces. I felt like my leggings were the only thing holding my leg together and there was blood everywhere. I didn't know at the time that my femoral artery was actually severed. And talk about, you know, God helping and being there. I had this guardian angel, I swear. I, I still don't know who this guy is to this day, but he ran over, took his belt off and made a tourniquet on my leg. And he basically saved my life because when your femoral artery is severed, you can bleed out within 10 minutes. Oh there were paramedics right down the street. They started running towards me before they even got the call because they heard the accident. So the paramedics were there. I was taken to the hospital. Um, when I got to the hospital, it was, it was crazy. Um, there were so many cops in the, the room, they thought that maybe I was a cop that had gone down. And it's because my husband was a lieutenant with the highway patrol and news travels fast in the police force. And so there were so many friends there that were cops and he was there and there was just this loud wailing, like crying. And I was like, where, what is that? Yeah. And I was so like, I was not crying. I was so laser focused on what had to be done. I, I'm sure I was in shock, yeah. um, but I was like, what is that sound? And it was my husband. I'd never seen him cry. He's a big, strong, tough guy. And he was just, I was taped to the gurney, but he was like running back and forth. And I yelled across the room. I said, honey, I need you to get over here and be strong for me. Because at that moment I thought, oh my gosh, I, might, I think yeah. I might be dying. And I need to know he is going to pull it together and be there for our two daughters. And he came over and he held my hand. And that's the last thing I remember before um, this beautiful nurse, her name's Shaniqua. And she leaned over me and she said, I'm going to give you something to make you feel all better. And they put me in a coma and I was in a coma for a little over a week. And when I woke up, the first thing that I learned was I had a the doctor said, I'm so sorry, we're going to have to amputate your leg you have a 1% chance of saving your leg. There's really nothing we can do for you. It's like a, it's like a war wound. And in that moment, all I heard was 1% chance. I have a chance. And I was like, well, 1% chance. I need to find a doctor who's going to be willing to take that chance with me. Yeah. And it took an act of God. We got transferred to a different hospital and I had a doctor who believed in saving my leg and it took 34 surgeries and months in the hospital, but they saved my leg. Wow. That is, I mean, that is so incredible. And I love the part you hung on to, right? You're like, it's a thread of hope. I will take the thread. 
you know, Mm -hmm. I, I always tell people when, you know, they ask like, how can you believe in a different outcome? How can you believe in something you can't see? How can you believe that something is possible? And I'm like, listen, if there's a 1% chance, why wouldn't you be in all in on that? I mean, it's better than zero. There's an opportunity there. And I, I can't imagine being in a position that you were in and seeing that as at all a green light. I think most people would hear the 99% chance of this never ha- happening again. And so what you, you talk a lot about resilience and you would have to have endless amounts of it. I can only imagine to go through what you went through, but how did you tap into that? How did you, you know, maybe cling to that 1%, build that up or, or, or did you? Oh yeah. You know, and I think we, uh, you know, whether you're listening and you're like, well, I can't relate to that. I've never been hit by a car. I think that we've all been hit by something, especially in the last couple of years, you know, whether it's our health, our finances, our relationships, we've all been hit by something and we have a never ending supply of resilience within us. And we just have to learn how to tap into it and we have to work on it and build it before we need it. It's an ongoing thing. It's not like I got through this and I'm resilient and all of a sudden life is better. Oh, heck no, man. I still go through ups and downs and new levels, new devils. There's always something to overcome. There's something I I had a client of mine send me this long voice memo yesterday. And she's like, you know, my, my book was kicked off Amazon and I was so excited. And have you ever done that where you've launched something and you've been excited and something goes wrong? And I messaged her back. Welcome to the world of entrepreneurship. I mean, (laughs) all All the the time, time, all the time. Yeah. It's all there's things don't always go as planned. They often don't go as planned. And I think the first thing that I I I really think that being an athlete and a professional dancer for years really helped me because I had the mindset. It wasn't only the mindset, it was the faith that I had. And believe me, I prayed every single day. It was the connections. It was the, you know, the people that came in to see me and support me. It was the clients that I was always for them, always there for them. Now they were there for me. They were coming to see me in the hospital. But I think it really, really starts with mindset. And I got, I'm going to just tell you, I got a lot of haters that came after me after I said, it starts with your mindset. When I, I, I was on the, I was on the doctor's TV and I was, see, I was diagnosed as a result of this accident. I was diagnosed with this incurable nerve disease. They say it's incurable, um, called complex regional pain syndrome. And that's where the healing journey really began because I live in constant chronic pain. I mean, even as we're sitting here right now, if I showed you my feet, I'm sitting here with one shoe on and one shoe off. I mean, Uh, seriously. 34 surgeries. Yeah. I can't imagine the amount of pain and reconstruction. Oh my God. Yeah. No, I've got one shoe on and one shoe off because here's my, here's, here's my other foot. Um, oh, um, uh, I don't oh know. Oh my gosh. Say. If you're watching this on YouTube or whatever, yeah. you will see that it's still, it's still ongoing. And I got a lot of haters that came after me after hearing my interview on the doctor's TV, because I said, Hey, it starts with your mindset. And they, they said, Hey, woman cures her right. pain through yes. her mindset. But guess what? Mm. It does start with your mindset. hundred percent. 
And I, oh yeah. And I really, cause I was laying there in the hospital. I remember one night in particular, I was laying in the hospital bed and I had these rods that held my leg together and these uh, strips of yellow bandages that had like this Vaseline stuff on them and because my leg was completely exposed. And every three hours, the nurses would have to come in and rip those bandages off and replace them with new ones. And so the pain, it was like re-breaking my leg every single time they lifted my leg up to do that. And I would just look at the clock and dread when those nurses were going to come in. And I remember this one night I'm, I'm up all night in pain. And there, there was this beautiful woman running across the beach and her family chasing her. And it hit me. I was like, Oh my gosh, what if I, what if they amputate my leg? What if I can never run again? What if my husband leaves me? What if my family doesn't love me anymore? What if I can't chase after my leg after my kids and my leg is just going to, you know, be amputated. Like the thoughts were just going and going, going. And I, then I was like, well, what if I die tomorrow? And, and I was spiraling into this anxiety and depression. And I was like, wait a minute, I got to stop. Like I can focus on that or I can focus on what I do have. And I, you know, I'm big on notebooks and journals. And I I grabbed this little notebook that somebody had brought me in the hospital. And I started writing down all the things that I was grateful for every single nurse. I didn't, I didn't want to forget their names. I wanted to say, thank you, Shaniqua. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you. Like, yeah, for what they were doing for me, all the clients and friends and family that were coming in Now I was writing down thank yous to them, but I was also writing down to remember to write them a thank you note because I was so drugged up. I didn't want to forget to write them a thank you note. And I realized writing thank you notes, something that I learned as a little girl, my mom was so insistent. Well, you got to write the thank Mm -hmm. you note after every birthday. That really helped me get into that gratitude practice. And that is alchemy. It shifts what you don't have into what you do have. And it changed everything for me. It really helps still to this day. I I always tell people it is the number one thing you, a, you have total control over. I Mm -hmm. mean, it took me a long time to understand that I could control my thoughts because that seemed insane to me. I was like, what do you mean? They're just running around. I, you know, what am I supposed to do about it? But once I started kind of figuring that out and, and learning how to replace them or learning how to even fantasize or daydream about something I wanted to do. So your image of, you know, a woman running on the beach with, with her kids, even probably allowing yourself to daydream about that from time to time transports you into what's possible versus focusing on what's not right. And I think I would, it was very similar for me in my kind of rock bottom when things were really black and my life fell apart. I just started fantasizing about, Hey, what if I have a good day and what if it looked like this? And what if I didn't have to worry? And what would that feel like? And just started kind of dropping into these like little moments. And I think it a hundred percent saved me for one thing. It saved me in the moment um, going in those kind of dark spirals, but it also had this side effect that I had no idea back when I was doing it that it could manifest those as new realities. And that just blew my mind in the beginning. Cause I was like, wait a second. I just thought this was to make me feel better. 
But the more times I shifted focus away from what was going on in my day to day and started thinking about what I wanted instead, it gave me more hope, belief, opportunity, you know, all of those things. Were there any tricks that you used or tools that you used to kind of help you change your mindset once you became really kind of conscious and aware of that? I mean, the gratitude piece is so huge. hundred percent. I think that's the best starting point for anyone, mm-hmm. especially when things are going wrong, right? Because it's so hard to find those things to be great. Yeah. For. And you know what? I still have a gratitude practice. In fact, I use a um, app. I'm not affiliated with this app or anything by yeah. any means, but I just use it because it helps. So um, I have a group of ladies, we call ourselves the God squad and we, we, message each other every single day, our gratitude practice. And so I use an app called, I think it's called my spiritual toolkit and there's daily readings. It's a recovery. So I'm, I'm Mm. sober and it's a recovery based app, but you don't have to be sober to use it, but it just helps us because we can log in our gratitude and it saves all your gratitudes. And then I can push a button and it sends your gratitude. So it's one thing to be grateful. Another thing to write it down. Another thing to share your gratitude list with your friends and read what they're grateful for that really, really helps. But I don't think it's just about like, okay, what can I be grateful for? It's not that like you have to change the chemistry, the energy. And I knew that moving my body would help. And look, I went to a, a, a psychologist years ago um, and when I had postpartum depression and my husband was like, you need to go get therapy because you're crazy. Like he was like, and <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was yeah. like hormonally, like it was crazy. I, I was a different person. And I went to this, um, psychologist for help. And, and I said, Hey, look, I had a cesarean. I couldn't run. I couldn't exercise. And I, I that's what I needed. That was like my usual therapy was working out. And I went to her and I said, hey, I know when I can just work out, I'm going to feel better. And she goes, you know what? If you need to work out to feel better, then there's something wrong with you. You need to be on antidepressants. Wow. And so I swear, (laughs) and I left that appointment. I never went back to her. I left that appointment and I called my husband crying and I'm like, you're right. I am crazy. They want me on, you know, prescribed antidepressants. Well, look nothing against that. I tried it. I threw up every day. My body completely rejected that. So as soon as I was able to start exercising again, running again, I was okay. Yeah. In the hospital bed, I've got people that tell me, well, I can't move. I'm, you know, I'm in a hot, well, guess what? You can always do something. When I was in a hospital bed, and I say bed bound, that means I couldn't stand up to use the bathroom on my own. I was using a bedpan for months. Gosh. I was just happy and celebrated when I got the catheter out. Like, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. It's very humbling when you have to ask somebody to take your bedpan for you. But I knew in the bed, uh, the doctors thought I was crazy because I said, hey, I need a pull-up bar installed over the bed. And they're like, okay. And then I asked one of my friends, he was, I worked with him. He was another trainer said, Hey, can you bring me some weights so I can work out? And I knew 
wasn't like I was trying to get big and buff. It's not what right, I was doing. Right. I knew that if I moved my body, it would release endorphins. It would make me feel like I was moving in the right direction. It would increase my confidence. It would build upon my resilience and it would, yeah. it would just make me, I knew I was moving in the right direction. So I had a pull-up bar. I had some weights and I was doing whatever I could to move my body. Cause when you move your body, it moves your mood. So those of you listening and you're, you know, you're like, ah, oh, I feel stuck or I don't feel good. Go out and, and, and take a walk around the block. Right, if you can, yeah. if you can't walk, then what can you do to move while you're sitting? That means, you know, do something to just move your upper body, do something to breathe, do something to move and to, to make yourself realize, Hey, I'm alive. I've Absolutely. got breath. I can move. I can, I can, there's so much more that I can do instead of focusing on what you can't do. Oh my God. That is such the key. Everyone listening, like rewind it, let it sink in, write it on your phone, send yourself a voice memo. Like that is the key. And it sounds kind of simple or too simple to work, but <clears throat> if if you can find what works for you to make that switch for me, I was a dreamer. So daydreaming helped me a lot to kind of focus on uh, what I could do or the things that were going right versus not. But like that shift of energy is everything. It really does yeah. create, create momentum, confidence, opportunities, just all of it. Right. It creates, I kind of think of it as a road. It creates a road ahead where one didn't exist before. And, you know, I love that you were looking at it like, what can I control? There's so much yeah. of the situation you had zero control over. Yeah. But I always lot. think that if, if you're ever in a position like that, grab a notepad and just see if you can come up with two things you control. And there's always going to be one thing on that list, which is what am I thinking about? How am I focusing on this situation. Like you, we always have mm -hmm. at least that on the list. Like we can control that. And then from there we can move forward. But for you to say like, Hey, I know that this tool works for me moving my body. That makes me feel better. I know that about myself. I know that whenever I've done that in the past, I've gotten, you know, I felt better. So then finding a way to adapt it in that moment to keep moving you forward, I think is so key too to just understanding ourselves and understanding what works for us. Are there any mindset, uh, other kind of tools that, that have helped you to uh -huh. reinforce new beliefs and, and helped you kind of create this new life that you have now? Well, I thank you. That's such a great question. And, and I will say, I love what you said about focusing on what you can control. And so much is, of my journey is not just about my mindset. I had to like redo everything. Like I had to think about it wasn't, it was mind, body, spirit, like complete transformation. And so for me, I, I had to focus on what could I do to change? Like I remember, I will tell you going to, when I got out of the hospital, they had me go to a psychologist to assess what I was going to need. Every doctor, Every single doctor was like, oh, you need to be on antidepressants. Like basically your life is ruined. Like you're deformed. You're in a wheelchair. 
you're told you'll never get out of a wheelchair, you lost your career, you've got $2.9 million worth of medical expenses, like every single yeah, doctor like, included. No this. Yeah. Like even my gynecologist was like, yeah, you're going to need to be on antidepressants. And they put me on this one medication called Lyrica. And the main side effect is suicidal uh, thoughts and weight gain. And I was like, I don't want to take that medication. I don't want to gain weight. I was like, yeah, and, yeah. and and the doctor told me something that changed my life. It changed everything for me. He goes, well, yeah, the main side effect is suicidal thoughts and weight gain, but you control your weight. If you start to gain weight, it's up to you to right. eat a little less or eat more Work healthy out, or whatever. Healthy. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. I'm in control of that. I may, because I felt so out of control yeah. having to take a medication. But when he, he put me in the driver's seat again, and that's the thing I want every single person, like, I want you to know that listening right now, you get to be in the driver's seat and you get to make the choices. So you can change the way you move your body. You can change the way you think. You can change the way you eat. You can change the way you pray. And one thing that really helped me, like that still helps me to this day, if you're feeling stuck or if you're you're feeling sad or you're feeling like, oh, things aren't just going the way that I want, go be of service. Go help someone else. The one thing that has really, really helped me and still helps me to this day um, is I go be of service to someone. And I had somebody go, well, I can't be of service. Like I'm stuck in this position. And I'm like, well, I was of service, yeah. even stuck in the hospital bed because I had nurses that came in once they found out I was a fitness instructor. Cause back then that's what I did. I was yeah, in, yeah. you know, in the fitness industry and they came in and they were asking me exercise tips. Like, what can I do to work out, to get a better booty? Yeah. I had a chair in the corner and a little curtain that kind of covered it. And the nurses would come in and plop themselves down and sometimes cry to me and wow. tell me what was going on. And I could offer them advice or just listen. Yeah. Yeah. I was writing out exercise tips. I was calling my clients. I was still being of service, even though I was in a hospital bed. So there's always something you can do to be of service. And you know what, when you can be of service to others and their success, that's where fulfillment really is. That's where oh the joy yeah. is. A hundred percent. I think back to kind of the start of my journey and I'd you said at the beginning, like you never imagined you would be sitting here and that this would be your life. I absolutely never in a million years would have ever thought that, that I would either. But I think in my darkest hour, that's kind of what I, I just started sharing what I was going through and, sh and started sharing kind of what was working and what wasn't working and with no intention in mind, didn't really understand that it would ever do anything or help someone. But it did. And people would reach out to me and say, Hey, that really inspired me. And what are you doing? And, and just, just sharing that. I mean, I was like, I'm no guru. I don't know what I'm doing. I've never read a book on this. I don't, you know, like I have no idea, but, but I'll test it out and let you know, or maybe this is what I would do in that situation. And, and that was the start of the calling for me because oh. to see someone get benefit through something that I had been through, you know, so I think all of us have that, right. We've all been through something, 
Uh I think so often we're so stuck in our own world and stuck in our own thoughts and our own head and our own problems where if we just kind of looked up and even started just by sharing something we learned or sharing something that helped us today, you just have no idea how much that can kind of come back to you and fill you up. It is one of the, I mean, I started with a blog and I kept blogging for five or six years because it filled me up. And it was always just shocking to me that anyone else got anything from it because I was like, you know, this, this is what fills me up. It feels good. Right. So I think everybody can do that regardless of kind of where they're at or what they've been through. We all have wisdom and knowledge that we can share. What, what made you kind of take that part on and say, okay, I have this one career that I've done my whole life. I'm really, you know, you've been very successful at it, but the career you have now is totally beyond that. You're, you know, you've inspired people around the world. You've done incredible Ted talks. You've written a book. Like where did that inspiration, I guess, come from? Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, I think that, um, I tried so hard after my accident to go back. You know, if you look Mm -hmm. resilience up in the dictionary, it's to bounce back. Well, I tried going back and I was trying so hard to go back to training clients because I love, I've worked with people. I started teaching dance when I was 13 and I went from teaching dance and being a professional dancer right into the fitness industry and working with clients. I love seeing that transformation in people. I kept trying to go back. And I remember there was one day I just had another surgery and I had one of those like orthopedic medical boots on and I was training a client at the gym and my husband was working out where I was training. And uh, he comes up to me and he's like, what are you doing you are bleeding out across the gym floor and my stitches had come open and I had a little trail of blood going after me and I thought this is not really serving my clients in the best way and it's not serving me so what can I do different and so I really stopped and asked myself well what what brings me joy Mm. and I think it's important for anyone who feels stuck or they're they're not in a place where they're fulfilled is to just stop and go, what brings you joy? What do you really love to do? What lights you up? And for me, that's working with people. And I thought, well, how can I work with people differently? And I started, you know, working with others. I went and got certified back then. It was like getting a life coach certification, you know, but I started working with people one-on-one and then um, I decided to write this book because I thought, you know what, this couldn't have happened for just no reason. Like if I can use this to turn pain to purpose and I can help one person, then I'm going to write this book. And I remember sitting, I was at the gym and when I could finally bend my leg enough to ride the bike, cause my leg was stuck straight and had to be, I had to work to get my knee to bend again. And I remember I would go to the gym and get on the bike and uh, I was, this lady was sitting next to me on the bike and she goes, oh my gosh, do you ever get tired of people coming up to you and just telling you all their problems? Because it was like One after a, a revolving door. <laughs> people just came up to me yeah. and they would just, they would just tell me all their problems and like, what should I do and get advice and And I told her, I said, no, actually, I said, it turns pain to purpose. And if I can help them, it it fulfills me. And so um, 
somebody said, you know, you should really write a book. And like I told you before, I didn't own a computer, don't have a college education. And then when I said I wanted to write a book to some of my closest family members, they're like, you'll never do that. Like, you're the fitness girl. You need to stick to that. Like, you don't have a college education. You don't even own a computer. Who do you think you are? And that's why I always say you should seek counsel and not opinion because everybody's going to have an opinion, (laughs) but you should go to people who've done the thing that you want to do. And so when I went to a publisher or uh, an author who had published like 76 books, he was like, yeah, write a book. So I decided to write my book and I'm sharing this for anyone out there who's like ever thought about writing a book. Like this is your sign to do it. Just do it. You can do it. If somebody like me can write a book, get it published, and by the way, was on the Today Show to launch it, like anything is possible. Like that is mind blowing to me that I actually wrote a book. And I just got back from an event. So I was speaking at an event um, this past weekend. And to have people come to me with tears in their eyes and say, oh my God, I read your book and it changed my life. Yeah. I'm blown it, away. It still shocks me every single time. I'm blown it, away. Yeah. 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 It, it is the, and I could not agree more. I triple down on your message because, you know, I was the same and, and my writing started with my blog, but I didn't learn how to read till I was 15 years old. I taught myself how to read. I was quote unquote homeschooled. So I'm, I had like no education. I would probably in the beginning, most of the comments I got on my blog were trash talking my spelling and my punctuate like oh you know, like my people were just always giving me shit about it and I was like listen this is for me like you know I'm gonna put out what is authentic to me what is you know so to be able to get my first book published was the most unbelievable miracle of all time because I well I haven't read your I book do it anyone yet. can do it <laughs> I can't wait to read your book. I know I can't I'm going to send you a copy when we get off. I just, and I love yours, Grit and Grace, like, and you have another one coming out too next year, you said. And yeah. I just, like, I I love that you embrace what has happened to you and realize like nothing is ever random. I truly believe that. I truly believe there's a purpose for, you know, most things mm-hmm. that happen in our life. And it's up to us to kind of look for that and look for how we can, change it, how we can create a new story, how we can learn, how we can grow. And, um, but it's one thing to say that as another thing to do that. And you've done that, which is just really incredible. Let me tell you, I, I, I I still battle with like self-doubt sometimes and things like that. And I love that you I think you and I are a lot alike and that we're yeah. like, okay, God, show me a sign. What right, is going give me on? A sign. And, <laughs> and I remember it, you know, uh, like, like six months ago, I was sitting in my office and I was just filled with anxiety. I was like scared. I was about to go deliver a keynote and I'm like, and it was only to like 300 people. Yeah. And I was like, God, you know what? Maybe this just isn't the thing for me. Like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this whole speaking thing. Like, I get so anxious. I don't know. Like, blah, blah, blah. I I don't know if this is, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if this is for me. And then my phone rings 
and my phone rings and the whole screen lights up with my friend, Ryan Stuman. his face is on the phone. And I'm like, oh my God, Ryan never calls me. Why is he calling me? And I get on the phone. He's like, Hey, Amberly. I'm like, hi, Ryan. How you doing? <laughs> yeah. And um, he goes, I'm doing an event and I have, it's, we're expecting about 4,500 people and I'd love for you to be a speaker. And I was like, yeah, I'll be there. And then I get off the phone. I'm like, oh my God, 4,500. Right. Like, okay, God, thank you. Thank That's you the for sign. the sign. Yep. Here's I can do my this. Sign. I can do this. I should do this. There's a reason why these opportunities are coming into my life. And I think there's, there's also something really pivotal that you said, uh, in, in those moments where you want to go back. Like a lot of times, a lot of us have been there, right? We thought, Hey, we're successful in this one thing. This is my identity. This is who I am. This is what I do. Uh, and that's my only goal. I got to get back to where I was. And a lot of times we're so, I think tunnel vision by that, that we can miss the redirection that the universe or God is trying to send us. And, uh -huh. for you and to yeah, instead back. of trying to yeah. fix what's broken and go back and like, just fix, fix this, fix it, fix it, fix what's broken. Why not look ahead at what, Amen. what can we do that's, that's new and different and bigger and bolder instead of going back and trying to fix that? What can we do ahead? Absolutely. And the best way to find that is like you said, like what lights me up, what part of anything that I've ever done I've been like, Ooh, that was really fun. That got my juices going or that felt really good. Maybe I don't have confidence in it yet. Cause you know, it's not what I'm an expert in yet, but there was something about it that kind of pulled me. So look at what is going right. What is going well, what opportunities are coming. And I think that's a great way for anyone who's out there and going like, I don't know what my next move is. I don't know what my calling is it probably is showing up in all of those little ways. We just have to be open to it and pay attention and say, Hey, maybe my ultimate dream is showing up in a package. I never, ever expected because, you know, I, I don't know if this is true or not, but it certainly looks true. Your success is probably way larger and, and reaches a bigger audience now than it did even in the fitness industry. Right. Like, Oh yeah. Like your, your dreams have exploded and because you were open to the new possibilities and, and kind of changing direction a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, I think that a lot of times, um, what we, what lit us up as a kid, like the things that brought us yeah. so much joy as a, as a, a young, you know, a young kid, like it, it's connected there, to yep. what you, do you believe that too? Oh, hundred percent. When I was a kid, I, and I had, a crazy childhood. So I had no exposure to pop culture, no TV, no radio or anything. But even as a kid with none of that, I wanted to be a singer and I imagined really? on stage and I, I practiced with my tooth, you know, brush or whatever. And had really? that always, always from like nine, 10, all the way up. I, that's what I always thought I would be. Thank God I'm not a singer. Um, <laughs> but the crazy thing is I remember the first keynote I gave, I had this just out of body experience where I was like, Oh my God, this is my nine-year-old dream. It's the exact dream I, I just got goosebumps. every day as a nine-year-old. It's just a different format. Wow. Yeah, I absolutely. just got goosebumps. I swear. Okay. I like that. that is wild because yeah, like um, for me as a young kid, I don't know why my mom let me do this, but I was little, like seven, eight, nine years old. And after the football game, football's huge in Texas. Yeah. And 
after the football game, she let me go. The whole band would go to the Dairy Queen and um, they would put music in the jukebox and I would stand, I would get on the tabletop and dance. And I loved it because of how it made everybody smile. Yeah. And, and it wasn't that I and loved it involved them. everybody and everyone was part of it. We're having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. And I could see how much joy it brought people for me dancing. It brought them joy. And then it got to where everywhere we would go, uh, people would say, Amberly, do a tap dance for them, do a dance for them. And so I would dance and I still dance to this day. In fact, I went to this big dinner and it was a table full of highly successful billionaire entrepreneurs. And then there was me. And I had my daughter with me, my 15 year old daughter with me. And one of the guys said, um, is there anything your mom does? What does your mom do that really embarrasses you? And she goes, oh, she dances everywhere we go. She just dances. And I'm like, I, I do. I dance. I don't wow, mean I to. It. I dance in the store. Yeah. I dance on stage. And I had a speaker agent who told me, Amberly, do not go on stage and dance. It's unprofessional. Don't do that. And I was like, <laughs> you're like, excuse I, me, this is who I am. When you book I was me like, a package, <laughs> I was like, I can't control it. It's not yeah. that I plan it out. It's like, it just comes out. I just, energy, it, yeah. it's, I can't control myself. I dance. And it's so crazy because it's what I love doing now is what I did when I was little, I was on stage and I could see that spark and that shift in people and the joy come out. It's the same thing I do on stage. Now I do dance a little, but when I speak and I can see that shift and that joy, that is so fulfilling. Yeah. And so it's so connected to what I did when I was little, like you, yeah. I'm doing it now. It's just a little bit different. And I'm telling you like that, that is it. That is the nail on the head. And the fact that like your, your experience and how you feel is almost the same, but now because you were open, because you took those leaps of faith, because you tried something new and followed these call, you know, the new direction and the calling you have, you know, you're probably dancing in front of the big speaking and dancing in front of way bigger audiences than you ever would before. And I think that's the beauty of it. I think when we're open to how our purpose finds us and we're willing to do things, even though we feel like an imposter, even though we feel like everyone yeah. better than us, even though we feel like, oh my God, why would anyone listen to me? Yeah. Thank so, you for saying that. Yeah. The amount of blessings and success can just be 10 times what your little brain ever thought it was, you know, like we can't ever imagine how, how great it can be, but I think being open to it really gives us that opportunity to live it. So, yeah. And thank you, Sarah, seriously. Thank you for saying like those things. Like, I think that a lot of times people see you and they're like, oh, she is just fearless. There's no way she ever yeah. has any imposter syndrome or any fear and anxiety, or they see me and they see me on yeah. social media doing a Ted talk or speaking on a big stage with all these other speakers. Oh, heck yeah. Every I get time. anxious yeah. for, yeah. for every talk. I, I, the last event that I spoke at, somebody said, do you, oh, they're like, do you get nervous? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get nervous. If I didn't get nervous, I would think there's something wrong, wrong. with me. Yeah. 
but I always think about what helps is push-ups and prayer for sure. Like I do push-ups yeah. even yesterday. So I just moved my podcast to a new studio and I had a, a friend of mine, he, a friend of mine, he flew in from Idaho to be on the show. And I'm like, just a minute, I got to do my push-ups. And he's like, I love it. okay. He's like, <laughs> I, I drink coffee. You do push-ups. But yeah. I, push I listen to hip hop. You can do push-ups. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But then I think about, it's not about me. It's about the people I serve. Absolutely. You know, this is not me going on stage. It's not about me. It's about the people that I serve. And and when I remember that, it helps me. It really helps me. Uh, I love this so much. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your wisdom, sharing your beautiful story. I'll definitely link the, the book and uh, your website and all that kind of great stuff in uh, in our show notes. Is there anything um, that you would like to share with, uh, with everybody, anything that you're doing that you're super excited about right now? Yeah, actually I am. I'm doing a lot of things. I'm super I know. excited about. <laughs> Go follow Amberly. So, so thank you for asking. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Um, you know what? I have a free gift for your listeners. I have, let me tell you, it's taken like eight months to put this together, but I finally did it. I have a free video series uh, for anybody who is like, I want to, you know, really increase my influence and yeah. impact. And I want to learn how to speak and get on stages and put together a keynote, or you want to podcast or do a book. I have a free video series I where that. I give my tips and tricks and you can find that. Um, if you go to Instagram at Amberly Lago Perfect. Motivation, I'll link it here too. yeah, I'll link it here. You can find all the links for everything or amberlylago.com, but that's a free gift I can give to your listeners. Um, I also have another free gift. Um, if we talked a lot about resilience and I, I put together a playbook, how to tap into your resilience, and you can text me at 818-214-7378. Just text me the word grit. And you'll get that free download, just Ooh, the word grit. Yeah. So don't. And yeah. then after you text that, it's me. It's really me texting you back. And I've had people go, is this you text? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's really me texting you. So if you want to reach out, that's me. Uh, ask me any questions. I just want you to know you're never alone on this journey and it helps to come together. And, and if uh, I've got a big event, Sarah, come to Dallas I would hang love out. to, I saw that you have an event coming up in, in Dallas. I would love to. Oh my gosh. I do an annual event. It's called the unstoppable success summit this year. It's April in Dallas, April 19th love and it. 20th, Sarah. Come. I would. Oh my God. Yes. Like it's going to be there speaking. Yes. I want to hug your neck. I would love that. I yeah. That would oh be my incredible. gosh. That would be incredible. So, okay, everybody, I'm going to be there. <laughs> oh, seriously. I want you to be Absolutely. there. John Gordon is speaking. Ben Newman, Rachel, Rachel Luna, Rudy Rigstein. Yes. I love Rudy. Henry Amar. I don't know if you, do you know Henry Amar? I don't. Oh my God, Sarah, you would Ooh, love, I love him. I love getting a new, a new, uh, Oh my God. Okay. Well, I love all yep. of them. Like all the speakers <clears throat> are like really close friends of mine and I love them, but I would love to see you there and hug your neck. And I'm sorry. Yeah. Listeners come. <laughs> come, the, the, come. Yes. I'm getting, I'm, I'm like totally, uh, we're going to be rolling on Sarah, but, um, yeah, come to the event there. The tickets are early bird right now. Perfect. So Perfect. they're discounted. 
Yeah. Come. Oh my God. Can't wait. I love it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, uh, Amberly, for all of this beautiful wisdom and sharing your energy with us today. And I cannot wait to meet you in IRL. (laughs) Yes. And I got to have you on my show. I would love that. Yeah. We'll have have to sync it up in April. All right. Sounds great. Until next time, everybody get out there and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.